That's right. It's time for the Weekly Review, a podcast for people who want to do a better job of organizing their lives. Whether you're new to task management or you've fallen off the wagon a few times, this podcast is for you. If you haven't done your weekly review yet, hopefully this podcast will inspire you to do so when you've finished listening. Hi, I'm James Dempsey, and my co-host is Gene McDonald. How's it going, Gene? How are you doing today? And more importantly, have you done your weekly review? Hi, James. Um, I'm doing great, and I have done my weekly review. How about you? Oh, yes, I did my weekly review. Was there anything of interest or particular note in your weekly review this week? Well, um, I've been thinking a lot about contexts from our last show. And one of the contexts that I have is called phone, which might as well say hot red poker (laughs) that you (laughs) (laughs) because that's how likely I am to go into the phone context and start dealing with those phone calls that I have to make. Um, It's pretty surprising to me because when I think about it, you know, just like over the course of my life, the phone was my friend. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a kid. I loved the phone, especially, you know, when I was a teenage girl, I could talk for hours on the telephone, uh, just like, you know, the stereotypical teenage girl. But even later, as an adult, when I had my first jobs, answering the phone was part of the job and making phone calls was part of the job. And I never had a problem with that. I would Mm -hmm. call people up, I would say, hello, I knew my good phone etiquette, you know, having been raised right to introduce myself and not say, hello, who is this? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Which some little kids do when they, um, when they make phone calls. But anyway, that I would introduce myself, I would ask for the person that I needed to speak with and say why I needed to speak with them. And that person's assistant would say, I'm going to put you on hold for a moment while I ring so and so. And there was a whole little dance around phone calls that I was pretty good at. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I hate the phone so much. I don't like picking it up and calling somebody if I can find a non-phone way of doing something. I do. And I know based on you know what I see other people talking about and just based on the number of phone calls I get myself from real actual friends of mine that nobody really likes using the phone anymore. I don't know. How how do you feel about that? <laughs> I also feel a very similar way. It's almost like that context you mentioned. Phone is less the availability of the phone and more that you need to be in a phone frame of mind to do those tasks, <laughs> right? You have to be mentally psyched up to, to get on the phone. Yeah. And for me, part of it is that... Um, The phone, unless you're leaving voicemails, which in themselves are kind of a pain in the butt, um, they're very synchronous. You need to have that time at the same moment the other person has that free time, whereas anything else, even a text, you send it and it may get responded to immediately. It may not, and we're fine with that. Right. And then there's just something about calling I hate it when somebody else is around and I have to make a phone call, even if it's like a very routine phone call, like to a business or to like, I don't know, 
make an appointment or mm -hmm. something. I don't like anybody else around. I just <laughs> want to be by myself, and my sister thinks that's very weird. <laughs> I'm like, I have to go in the other room, but you're just, you know, you're just calling to make a dinner reservation. I, I don't care. I, I don't like people listening to me when I'm when I'm on the phone. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are, um, you know, behavioral scientists of some sort who have started to study or have been studying this kind of love-hate relationship, which has turned into mostly hate-hate uh, where the phone is concerned. And I, I know that I can do it, but I don't like doing it. And so one of the things I think about having a phone context is instead of just saying, like, I need to be in a phone frame of mind, I need to be in the phone mode where I am going to knock off these phone calls one right after another, you know, mm. so that if I take in the mental and emotional energy <laughs> it takes to start making a phone call, I probably could make another one after that, get through with that one. I think so. <laughs> I haven't done it in so long. Um, I'm really just trying to figure out how to deal with like a, a couple of phone calls. They're not even that big of a deal. Um, but for example, one is that I need to take my car in. My check engine light came on today. It's just for routine um, maintenance. Mm -hmm. And I need to ask them some questions about the routine maintenance because my car is now five years old, five and a half years old. And I want to make sure that I'm up to date with the routine maintenance and I want to find out what they're going to charge me for it. But I also, there's a deal that I made with this dealership when I bought my car new that um, requires me to take it to them for maintenance if I want to keep the warranty that I, uh, not, not mm -hmm. keep the warranty, but they actually, um, they, they will refund me the cost of my warranty if I never use it. Um, so, oh, wow. yeah. And seven years and the seven years is like, you know, it's like right around the corner. <laughs> and, uh, I, so I want to ask them about that, but I'm pretty sure the person on the phone that I get won't really know about that. And I'll have to talk to somebody else. And it makes me want to drive 20 damn miles to the, uh, dealership just to go talk to them in person. Maybe I will mm -hmm. just do that. <laughs> epic avoidance of phone call just to get in the car and just go see the people it would stress me out less but um i could call them and you know i don't want to go on forever about the the service department of my uh dealership but they're not even that bad um but the problem is i know that there will be misunderstandings or mm -hmm. potentially i they won't understand what i'm asking I won't get something in writing, right? Which is a big advantage mm -hmm. of getting an email or a text for that matter. That I And the, the decision I'm trying to make is whether I should have my local mechanic just do the work. Um, because I'm not really sure if it's going to make a difference at this point. Uh, anyway, I, might, I may just drive down to Wilsonville. <laughs> Well, and to be honest, what you describe where you might be talking to the service department and you might be talking to the back office person mm -hmm. who's in charge of the the warranty plan that you're on and what have you, 
it may make a lot of sense to actually just drive down because by the time you get transferred from one person to another and you have to re-explain yourself 17 times. Yeah. Um, it, like in, in that particular case, it probably would be a better use of your time to just just go down to the, <laughs> the dealership. It might even be like make sense to make a uh, service appointment for later in the day, mm-hmm. go down, yeah. and if your answers are or your questions are answered to your satisfaction, you could just let the car get serviced. And if not, just cancel the appointment. That's a great idea. I should have thought of that. That's really good, James. Thank you. (laughs) I will do exactly that. Um, And uh, yeah. And I have to say my, my dad was a great proponent of the um, take the time and just go there in person and talk to somebody because you can't, very often if there's a if there's a live human being standing in front of you in an office like mm-hmm. the customer is there there's a good chance that they'll be able to resolve your issue in person where it might be more difficult over the phone that's a really really good point and i mean obviously there are things that we can't just go down to the office if the office of course, is of course across the country or who knows what and um Sometimes we just have to make phone calls. And what I was thinking about for this this context um, is that I would I would just make a firm date on the calendar weekly to make any phone calls that had you know mm. piled up during the week. Um, so calling people back obviously when you have to, or calling them you know if it's a reservation for tomorrow night, I won't wait until next week, but. Um, these kinds of calls, like the service call, which I can procrastinate very easily on, um, Mm -hmm. just have a date where, you know, today is the day where you wipe the phone context slate clean. Um, I think that could work for me. I mean, I'm going to start trying it and we, we can talk about that, you know, in future episodes, but one of the things that reminded me of when I was thinking about it today and when I was a kid, like what I consider when I thought about it, is this was my first life hack um, that I learned when I was eight years old. And it was, I mean, it's going to sound really simple, of course, but I was eight. And uh, I I was a kid who, at that age, you know, sometimes you get chores, not too far beyond your ability, but I believe mm-hmm. wa- washing dishes was a chore that I had. It was summertime, and my parents uh, and my siblings, we used to go to North Carolina in the summer where we had uh, this, like, one-room cabin. So we had no dishwasher, and we had to actually wash dishes. So and to me, dishwashing was like the the – the unending, you know, boringest task that mm-hmm. could be ever assigned to me. But then during that summer, I actually went to a friend's house who also had a big family and also had no dishwasher. And in her family, like, they just started, as they started washing the dishes, they just separated out like they said, okay, where's the forks? And they washed all the forks. And then they washed all the spoons. And then they washed all the knives. And then they washed all the little glasses, then the big glasses. Like I was always looking at it as like this big undifferentiated, 
you know, morass of, of responsibility that I, I would take me all night. And instead, they were chopping it into very doable little tasks. <laughs> and mm. I thought, I mean, in general, you know, like we've talked about this, like a couple of weeks ago about taking your big rocks and making them into little pebbles. So that was the first time I saw somebody do that. And I still wash dishes like that to this day. Now, I find the forks, and I start with the forks. And then I just start, you know, thing by thing in groups. And I think, you know, on a bigger uh, level in terms of something like the phone is if I I take the phone calls and put them together and do them all, you know, mm -hmm. that will not feel and consider it the phone work as opposed to each individual task being some work for me, you know, that I'm just checking off the phone calls and doing my best with that. Right. You have your call list or your call sheet, and you're just going down that list. And it kind of conceptually feels more like you're working on this list as opposed to worrying about or, what's the word, blocking on any individual item on the list. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, what what do you do to get yourself to make those phone calls you don't feel like making? Um, besides, like, trying to find an email address. Um, <laughs> or drive down there. I mean, of or course. Or drive down there. I, I don't do, I don't drive many places to do that, but um, let's see, what do I do? It, usually there is some mental preparation, like, um, I think another thing about phone calls is that you never, you never know quite how they're going to go. Right. Whereas an email or a text, you know what your side was. <laughs> And you know that when the reply comes back, if it's not what you expected, you have some time before you respond. Whereas with a phone call, somebody says something that you're not expecting and you're like, duh, uh, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> you kind of, you can be very, caught very unawares. So kind of thinking through what you're expecting to happen on the call um, can be helpful. Um, and that's for calls where it's uh, like not routine like a routine thing. Um, the other thing I do like to do is schedule calls. Mm. Um, for some reason, knowing that somebody is going to give me a call at a certain time helps me prepare. Like when a call comes in out of the blue, you're thinking about something else and they want to talk about this other thing and your head isn't there. And so it's more difficult to, to kind of switch your context to whatever they're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so I do like like calls set up for a certain time. And um, yeah, I think the other is just doing that kind of mental preparation before calling. And sometimes it is a matter of psyching yourself up to make the call. <laughs> <sighs> well, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're, we're just moving closer and closer to a no phone uh social right. network. <laughs> Not we'll just have Google's AI calling Google's AI <laughs> on both sides. That's true. No wonder people are so excited about this. <laughs> That's right. They don't have to make phone calls. Although, if we reach that point, why do we need vocal communication anyway? It could be two servers making the appointment for us. Yeah. Um, the other thing I find interesting is I think that 
that notion of grouping similar things together um, is useful in a lot of different ways or contexts. I know um, way back when we talked about my whole house being an inbox, mm -hmm. um, and I think an episode or two ago, um, you had talked about setting up uh, projects for each room of your house in terms of cleaning them. Mm -hmm. um, and I had done a similar thing. And what I find is that as I'm going through stuff, I group similar things that I haven't processed yet. Mm -hmm. But I know that when I come across something of a particular type, I know it goes over here, even though there's a pile of them that I'm going to go through at some point. It kind of at least gets them in the right vicinity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that, and then that area that it came from is a little cleaner and that pile is more organized. So I, I think that that idea of putting like things with like um, in our organizational world is, uh, is a very powerful concept in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I, f I feel like, you know, clutter is kind of the opposite of that. Uh, <laughs> it's by definition, it's not like things with like, or it would be considered organized. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you know, I had this little corner of my kitchen counter that I had been putting like receipts randomly, and then other things like as I take them out of my pockets, it sort of be right. I don't know how it happened. And you and I were on the phone when I was talking about it. And I finally said, mm -hmm. why is a Kindle and a cliff bar and five receipts and some other dumb thing all sitting together on my kitchen counter. <laughs> and as soon as I said it, I'm like, what? You know, it, it has no rhyme or reason. And no one, not one of those things belong there. But yeah, sometimes, you know, clutter has this way of making us forget that it's there. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, right, it becomes part of the scenery. It does, it does. It's like, oh, that's just the way that that corner looks. Right, so I'm looking forward to continuing to make progress on that. But I was thinking about, even within each room, I could say, okay, first I'm going to declutter the drawers, you know, as opposed mm -hmm. to just going through the list like however I made it. It's like... Drawers are, you know, each drawer hides something. And um, even though you don't see it, once you've decluttered the drawer, you don't, you know, you don't see it from the outside, but you know, in your heart, that the room is way better when uh, you've gotten rid of that stuff that has been multiplying and hiding in your room. <laughs> well, that's because every time you look at that drawer, you know, oh, I know what's in there. And... I know that that drawer's in good shape, so you don't. It's not a thing that you look at and say, "Oh, that's another thing I have to deal with." <laughs> right, that's true. It doesn't have like a flashing open loop sign on it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I can. I picture open loops almost as like physical things, like piling up around the house. So. <laughs> oh yes, I have many an open loop still. Mm. Well, I think that's about time to wrap up the episode. Jean, do you have anything else? All I want to say is thank you for the awesome idea about how to deal with the car dealership. Oh, you're welcome. I hope you let us know how it works out. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully dramatic, but not traumatic. Yes. All right. And um, 
Thank you all for listening. You can find us on the web or the internet at theweeklyreview.fm. On micro.blog, we're at The Weekly Review. And on Twitter, at weeklyreviewfm. And if you get a chance, it would be great if you rated us or reviewed the podcast. Um, it helps new listeners find us. And uh, we always love hearing your feedback. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you at the next Weekly Review. Thank you. You got some things you want to get done And still enjoy a bit of organizational fun There's a lot of things you gotta do You'll think about them all in the weekly review The weekly